You're listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. When your goal is to help animals reach their full potential, health matters. Diamond V offers a fresh perspective on animal health, a perspective that supports gut health, strengthens immunity, and ultimately enhances performance. For those who choose to invest in keeping healthy animals healthy, Feeding Diamond V makes a statement about another dimension of profit, where margins are measured by confidence in your future. To get a fresh perspective, visit diamondv.com because animal health deserves a healthier approach. Dairy Voice Podcast is proudly sponsored by Jeffo. Jeffo's protected solutions optimize health and performance of dairy cows during periods of stress. To find out more, go to jeffo.ca. That's J-E-F-O dot C-A. Turning an abandoned paper mill into an artisan dairy processing facility working directly with farmers in rural Lewis County, New York. That got my attention when my friend Tom Gillette told me about it. I'm Joel Hastings, your host on this episode of Dairy Voice. Tom Gillette is a retired Holstein dairyman now in real estate who serves on the Lewis County Economic Development Board. He's a longtime leader in the county where they say there are more cows than people. It's also home to the Kraft Heinz plant that makes the Philadelphia brand cream cheese. Tom led the charge to help our guest today, James Munn, get started with this project in Tiny Lions Falls. Earlier this summer, I enjoyed meeting James and touring his plant, and I'm delighted he agreed to join us today. James, thanks for taking time to be with us, and welcome to Dairy Voice. Thank you very much for having me, Joel. I'm looking forward to you sharing your story. I found it very fascinating. Your website says natural, small batch, handmade artisan dairy products that you'll love from farmers who care. Well, let's start there. Tell us about Black River Valley Natural and your product line and the farmers who are your suppliers. Thank you. I'm happy to. Yeah, when we set about sort of building a food brand, we really wanted it tied very closely to region and the rich agricultural heritage of Lewis County in the Black River Valley. We couldn't think of a better name. So we started with the name Black River Valley Natural. We want, when people think of this area, we, they want, we want them to think of good food and good food made by farmers who care. And so that's how we started. And then we sort of let the data guide us as to you know, what products people were really looking for. And um, being a large uh, dairy county, um, obviously, we wanted to focus on more value-add dairy processing and dairy products. Um, and so we felt that was the best way to sort of help our farm families and our neighbors um, to get a good price for their milk. So that was our mission. We started out with butter and compound butters. We then quickly added on um, uh, fluid milk, bottled milk, different flavors. And from there, we went to uh, yogurt and finally to cheese curds. And, um, and then we've also added on several other products, uh, uh, dairy and non-dairy uh, since then, since our initial founding. So it's been exciting. We, we, um, we specialize in the small batch products. 
So I often describe our facility as more of a dairy kitchen as opposed to a dairy production facility. We use very traditional methods um, to produce our, our products in small batches. Uh, we, use the, we use that to our advantage. Um, we, it allows us to put the quality and craftsmanship into every batch of product we make. And it allows us to make a, a wide range of different products, although we can't make a lot of any one product. That just fits with our brand and what we're trying to do here. When my wife and I decided to start Black River Valley Natural, we knew that we didn't want to have our own cows. Um, Lewis County already has more cows than people, as Joel mentioned. We wanted to build a facility that would help the farmers get a better price for their milk, a fair price for their milk. So adding more cows into the mix just didn't seem to feel right. So we, from very early on, we partnered with small local farms um, to source our milk. And oftentimes uh, me riding out in a truck myself with a with a refrigerated truck and a tote, uh, picking up milk and slipping in right before the bulk truck arrives um, and uh, getting in and out as quickly as I could so that we could have milk for processing the next day. So, uh, but it was very, uh, it's been a very fun experience working so closely with the local farmers, learning all about, uh, relearning about the dairy industry. I, I did grow up on my grandfather's dairy farm. So I've spent plenty of time milking cows in my youth, uh, but it, it, the industry has changed so much since I've come back to dairy processing. And so it's really fun to kind of learn and catch up to where the, the technology has gone and, and how the field has advanced and how this next generation of farmers are, are uh, carrying on not only the legacy of their families, but also kind of reinventing themselves as well. So that's been a very exciting part of this. And we not only uh, source our milk from local farms. We also help to incubate other businesses. Uh, we have a, a, a large part of our business is in co-packing and private labeling. So we work with local farms that are start that are trying to start their own local uh, brands and they haven't made the leap yet to build their own on-farm processor, but they're trying to build a market and build a brand. So they'll work with us and we'll, and we'll pick up their milk and, and bottle it for them. And that allows them to go and, and to develop their market and their brand for themselves. Uh, we have uh, two such farmers that are about to uh, what I call graduate or matriculate from the program here and are uh, now almost up and running with their own facilities. So that's been very exciting to, to work with them over these past couple of years to, as they've grown and, and developed and, and developed their own on-farm processing brand. So that's just one more way that we help and work with local farmers not only buying their milk, but also to help them diversify themselves. Uh, we do have um, investors and partners that are also local dairy farmers, and they see the value in uh, you know, diversifying at, um, at a higher level as well. So getting in, uh, not only growing their dairy, but also uh, getting into the processing side, um, which is uh, we're, we're yet one more way that we're trying to, trying to help the local dairy farmers. California Bioenergy is a leading developer of dairy digesters in America. With more than 100 projects, over 40 of them operational, CalBio has the expertise to help your dairy generate revenue by capturing methane and creating renewable vehicle fuels. Founded by a dairy farmer, CalBio considers itself the most dairy-focused digester developer building systems to last generations 
along with your existing family-owned operation. Now expanding with its subsidiaries, Northwest, Midwest, and Southwest Bioenergy, CalBio is ready to serve you. To learn more about how a CalBio digester could benefit your dairy, manure, and wallet, visit them at calbioenergy.com. Well, James, you're from uh, the community there of Lions Falls, but like uh, some farm youth uh, and small town kids, uh, your ambition was to get out of Dodge, go get your education and get into industry. And, and you did that. Tell, tell us a little bit about uh, that aspect and then how you circled back to, to your hometown. Yeah, it's a bit stereotypical, I'm afraid. Um, like many of the folks and uh, many of the kids in my high school, we were basically on a on a track out of here when we graduated. I will say my grandfather was a huge influence on me growing up and, and that was the dairy farm that I spent my entire youth on. And he, was, he encouraged me from a very early age to, to get into engineering. And that was a passion that I took with me um, through all of my, my early education. And when I went off to college, I, I went and um, received my degree in electrical engineering and I actually focused in semiconductors. So after college, and um, I went to work for uh, some major semiconductor manufacturers in, in the Northeast, and I spent almost 20 years in that industry, um, in, in, in technology and, and high-tech manufacturing. But I would always come back and visit my family and friends, and throughout those decades, uh, as I was out sort of building my professional career, starting my family, that's where I met my, I, went, I met my wife, Bethany, in Vermont, actually, uh, when I was up there for work. We always knew that we were going to come back here someday and, and give back to the community that I just cherished and had really deep roots in. So finally, we sort of made the decision that why wait? Let's just do it. Uh, we had two young boys, uh, Connor and Kyle at the time, and we thought it was the perfect opportunity to come back to the area I grew up in, fulfill a mission for us uh, to, to give back to the community that we love, and to also provide a quality of life for our children that they had really yet to experience. Um, and uh, we were, you know, we just decided to, to pull the trigger and do it. And so that's what ultimately brought us back here. It, it took a little while. And um, like, like many folks in my generation, it, uh, a lot of them didn't come back, but we do see more and more folks now, which is exciting, uh, you know, coming back to this area to help kind of build up the area. And like smaller communities around the country, unfortunately, uh, Lions Falls had fallen on a bit of hard times as the big paper industry changed. The paper mill that was... Uh, huge employer and kind of the center of town uh, had gone out of business. Uh, you mentioned that if they'd been producing toilet paper instead of newsprint, maybe that would have helped. The point is there was an abandoned facility that was uh, almost an eyesore. And that's where Tom Gillette and the Lewis County Economic Development Group got involved. And, and you made your connection there. Just tell us how you uh, came to uh, become a tenant in this building and made perhaps the owner. Yes, when my wife and I first decided to make the move back here to Lewis County, one of our first phone calls was to the Economic Development Office. And we asked them what we could do to help this community. 
we knew we weren't going to be able to come back in sort of the same line of work that we had been doing professionally. I was in high-tech manufacturing. My wife was in uh, healthcare administration. Uh, and although although there were opportunities around here, um, we, we wanted to try something different, something that would have a bigger impact on the community, perhaps. Almost immediately, the Economic Development Office steered us towards um, value-add dairy processing. That was part of the county strategic plan um, to grow and diversify in that area in part of their sort of dairy uh, resiliency and sustainability plans. Well, I, uh, with my background in manufacturing and as well as growing up on the dairy farm, we said, sure, we'll give it a try. Why not? How hard could it be? <laughs> and, uh, famous last words, I guess. But we did it. We worked very closely with the Economic Development Office, um, Cornell, Cornell Cooperative Extension, um, several other agencies in the area, including the Adirondack North Country Association. We worked with the Shipley Center for Innovation up at Clarkson University. Uh, it was, we, we put together uh, an all-star advisory board to go through the, uh, the business planning process. And ultimately, one of my favorite moments was when we were driving around with the, with the county looking at potential locations for our facility. That was probably one of the most exciting times of the, of because up until that point, it had been all business planning on paper. And when we finally started to choose the site, it felt really, it felt real to me. Well, we came uh, down into Lyons Falls, not too far from my house. And we were looking at this, um, this uh, old paper mill that was in the process of undergoing some uh, remediation. So the county had sort of taken the initiative to do some of the cleanup and kind of get the site uh, ready again for a potential tenant. And I just fell in love with it. Not only is it on a beautiful spot in the Black River, right where the, the Black River and the Moose River come together, but it's it was an opportunity to become part of a, almost like a downtown revitalization project for the village of Lines Falls. And that just checked one more box on the list of things we were looking for to try to make a difference and, and, and have an impact in our community. And so we fell in love with it right away. It had, it had everything we needed as far as infrastructure and amenities, and we couldn't wait to get started on the renovation. James, Kind of tell us when this was, and then in my visit, you've made a lot of headway. You've got uh, interesting uh, and useful dairy uh, processing facilities there, and you've got some ambitious plans for the building and the site. Uh, talk a little bit more about uh, the building and, and what's in it and where you're headed. Yeah, definitely. When we first walked through the building, I want to say it was in um, uh, early 2018, and we had secured the property with a lease by the end of that year and we had started uh, renovations in earnest um, uh, by the, the fall of 2018. Essentially this building that we're in right now was one of the last remaining buildings still standing of the existing mill and it was a blank slate for us. The building, it was a large metal building and it was almost completely empty because it did it did contain some large processing tanks and things like that that had been removed. And so it was a, a clean slate for us. And we immediately set to work laying out our production floor, doing our, you know, putting our utilities in, our drainage, power, water, and, and just 
having a lot of fun with organizing and arranging the, the processing uh, facility, essentially from, the, from, from scratch. We had a, a lot of uh, freedom to arrange things, even though it was an existing building already, just because of the way that it was designed. We actually had to build a second floor into the building um, for our dry storage and, and uh, some additional um, offices and things like that. So it, it really worked out well for us. We, we love the location and being so close to the main highway, it really afforded us uh, sort of access um, to distribution and things that was, was really appealing. And, and we didn't think about that at the time, but it, it became very important down the road. Now, when we finished building uh, the facility, we brought in quite a bit of stainless, um, some pasteurizers, uh, butter churns, lots of storage tanks and uh, uh, a filler. And we've been here now, let's see, we were approved for production in um, the spring of 2019 and um, immediately started uh, shipping to customers that we had sort of already developed uh, through a relationship, a co-packing relationship with Cornell University. Um, and so we were able to hit the ground running on day one and uh, producing product right away. And, it, and it's only gone up from there. We've, we've upgraded. Now, here we are three years later, three and a half years later, we've upgraded several pieces of equipment, increased our capacity, hired on more uh, help. And um, uh, we're just essentially um, overcrowded in here and, and looking to expand. Now that kind of takes me to takes us to sort of the larger vision with this, with the mill site here. So one of the benefits I, I recognized right away with locating our facility here is that now that the remediation uh, for the site is complete, we are essentially surrounded with a a, a wonderful uh, a greenfield uh, development opportunity here, and so we have lots of room to expand our own processing facility, which we're actively working on right now. We also have room to do other interesting development initiatives in this area because, um, you know, this, this location is just ideally suited for not just what we're trying to do here with, with dairy processing, but, you know, outdoor recreation, hospitality. Um, we're even discussing uh, the possibility of putting in uh, a museum or an interpretive center dedicated to the, the pulp and paper industry. So we're very excited about what this site can offer, not only to our business, but also to further the economic development of Lewis County. And James, I was impressed by your uh, vision and your enthusiasm when we were together as you were uh, gesturing uh, to the river and to the, to the scenery that's that's so evident there but let's let's circle back just for a minute to your dairy business as many know uh and some are learning uh processing is one thing marketing and sales is where it's obviously critical tell us a little bit about how you've built your customer base uh, how far you're reaching uh, uh at what levels retail uh, and as well as food service those those sorts of things yeah, I'm happy to. It's been an interesting journey. I will say that um, I've done this a little backwards, I think. Most food brands start out with the, the product, the brand, and, and usually the, the company is working with a co-packer or some other processing facility to make the product. They're not actually making it themselves. 
they may have developed the product and, and uh, helped to market it, but they're not actually making it. We sort of went the other way. We built the production facility first and then developed the products and then went out to try to market them. Early on, we decided that we were going to really try to stay true to the roots of what we were trying to do here. So we're, we're sourcing milk from local farms. Uh, a big part of our marketing pitch was that we don't co-mingle. We use, um, we're sort of, uh, we're, we're a, if I could use an analogy in the coffee industry, we're sort of single origin dairy products. So when we produce a batch of, of cheese curd or butter or uh, um, some chocolate milk or whatever, all the milk from that batch of product came from a single farm. There was no commingling. We didn't, uh, you know, we don't um, uh, bring in a, a tanker load and, and uh, uh, that's full of commingled milk from, you know, all over the Northeast. And that, we know exactly what farm that milk came from. We, and it's and actually on our labeling, it's, um, we have full traceability. So you can pick up that pint of chocolate milk and know exactly what farm that came from and when. And that transparency really helped us to sort of build trust with our customers. Um, they appreciate that we, we don't fill our products with additives or thickeners or preservatives. We use all natural ingredients. We, we use traditional production methods. Um, I was in here all weekend hanging yogurt to drain because uh, we use very traditional methods of producing our own Greek yogurt. Um, so that just kind of goes to show you the, the level of craftsmanship and the, the care that goes into each batch of product. And, and that really came through in our marketing efforts, our sales efforts, and in our conversations with our customers. Um, right now, we're, we're, we, we service about 60 to 70 what we call retail partners. So these would be our wholesale accounts. Most of them are sort of mom and pop grocery stores, uh, country stores. We do uh, very well in cer certain tourist areas around here, um, people coming in looking to buy local um, and experience this area. Um, and so they seek out our brands in that case um, because they know we're a local brand. And that's been a big part of our marketing push. We, we also uh, have strong relationships with uh, several restaurants and distributors in the area as well, because they want to be able to augment their own menus, their own offerings with that story. Our story, the story of the Black River Valley, the story of our local farms. And because especially in, a, in for example, a farm to table restaurant, that's why people go there. They want to know that what they're eating uh, came from a local farm and they want to know what farm it came from. And we offer all of that. Um, we do also work with several schools in the area, and we we uh, produce everything from the the milk you'd get in the cafeteria all the way up to specialty items like uh, our, our some of our yogurts and uh, uh, even some uh, non-dairy items that we produce too for these schools. So we we really try to our, our strategy has been to try to get our, into every store we can within about a 60 or 70 mile radius from our facility. And in order to do that, we had to really expand our offering and make sure that we weren't just selling a single product or a product family. We had to go in and say, okay, well, I see you already have milk on the shelf, but what about butter? What about yogurt? What about cheese curd? And so we always had to have something else that we could offer because being in a very rural area that we're in, um, the population density is is very low, 
and that helps to contribute to the quality of life of the area for certain, but it also makes it very hard to build a, a business of any scale because you're not near any real, you know, major population centers. So we had to kind of just change our approach a little bit and uh, focus more on um, just diversifying and, and being able to uh, market to just about every, every uh, store in the area. Now, with that being said, though, we, we have recently started working with uh, larger distributors and that are that are picking very specific products that they want to carry uh, to augment their own product offering. And so that's a that's sort of a new level for us uh, that we're, we're going into now, which is why we're working on our, our plans for expansion and growth. But it has really been a um, you know, we've been at this for about three and a half years now as far as building our brand. Um, building a, a food brand is especially challenging. Everyone knows like, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to make the stuff. It's, it's hard to sell it. And I have to, I have to agree with that. I, um, when I first started, it was also hard for me to make it. <laughs> but uh, now that we figured that part out, um, it, it is, uh, sales is a challenge. It's a very competitive marketplace out there, uh, more than it's ever been, you know, and, and, and dairy is, is especially challenged as many of you know. And so we have to come up with new ways uh, to appeal to folks looking for natural and wholesome products, um, maybe maybe products that are a little nostalgic to them, sort of bring them back to simpler times. And that has really been our, our push and what we try to do here. Everything from our methods of production, but also how we how we focus on um, you know, essentially everyone coming to the table, you know, that sort of that vision of every a family sitting around the table, enjoying these, these natural products and um, products that they, they might have grown up on or, or, you know, uh, when they were kids. And so we, we really want to carry on that legacy and that feeling. I think we're doing a pretty good job of that. Well, James, as we wind up here, uh, we really appreciate you taking time to, to share your story. I think you're, uh, there's very unique aspects of what you and, and your wife have accomplished and are accomplishing, and we're going to happily keep track of how this thing goes. Uh, you're from my hometown region, and uh, I get back there when I can, so I'll look forward to staying in touch. Thank you for sharing your story. You're very welcome. We've been speaking today with James Munn of Black River Valley Natural. This is Joel Hastings for Dairy Business and Dairy Voice that you can find us on all your local podcast uh, connections. Thank you.